This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to Belinda Gates, an executive coach, author, and speaker as part of what I've been calling our Game-Changing Career Moves series. This series is about actions that you can take that will have a profound impact on your career advancement. And I recently saw Belinda speak at a conference, and she was dynamite. And she talked about a couple of big things she did in her career, which is why I invited her on the show. And just as a little bit of a preview, a couple of the things that we will discuss here will include the leasing of airplanes, which is something that she brought to the table in her company to increase her value. She'll give a couple other of interesting examples. And then at the Take Action Today segment, at the end of the show, Belinda talks about how you can differentiate yourself in that everybody has ideas, right? But how can you take your idea and make it a reality, which is ultimately going to bring more value to your firm and help you to advance faster? So I'm really excited about this episode. Before we get into the main segment of our show, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. I have some exciting news. PPI, our exclusive exam prep podcast sponsor, is giving away $100 Amazon gift cards every month to our listeners. For more information on how to qualify, make sure to listen to my announcement later on in this episode. I also want to take a moment here to tell you about a new program we will be launching in early October called the Engineering Management Accelerator. This is a five-week intensive online program open to 30 engineers who will go through a series of skill-building courses aimed at helping them to go from engineer to manager and beyond. But wait a minute, here's the kicker here. This is not just any old online course. At the beginning of the course, you will be paired up with a small group of other students that are enrolled. These are top performing engineers around the world, and you'll be given a major management problem or project. You'll also be given a forum online where you can collaborate with your group and a coach. Over the five weeks, using the course material, the coaching, and your team members' help through the forum, you will present a solution to the problem at the end of the course. You'll present it to me, and then after the course, I'm going to challenge you to present it as a lunchtime seminar to your colleagues in your company. This is going to push you to your limits, which is exactly what I'm trying to do with this five-week intensive online course. The time will be outside of work hours. You can do it on your own time on the forum, and you could take the courses either live or watch the recordings. But I promise you, if you go through this course, you will be either on the fast track to manager or as a manager, you'll be able to better improve yourself. This is going to be something that we're going to build big time. We're going to do it four times a year starting in 2018. My goal is to run 200 engineers through this program and make them better in 2018. But this is going to be the pilot program starting this October 2017, going October into November. And it will have the lowest price ever for this program because it's the pilot program and we're going to be looking for feedback. So if you want to get more information, you can go to engineertomanager.com or email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. Again, that's engineertomanager.com. If you go there, you'll be able to get a one-page PDF that you could present to your firm for reimbursement. 
and there'll also be a video. Now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episode so you get to know a little bit more about her before we dive into the conversation. Belinda Gates retired as an owner of a 120-plus person architectural engineering design build firm in 2010 and has since pursued her passion to support and inspire others to achieve success. Belinda's leadership development and executive coaching services support engineers, architects, utilities, and manufacturing companies and other corporate clients. Belinda is an associate certified coach and the author of Your Successful Life, the playbook for defining and achieving what success means to you, something else we also talk about in the episode. She retired from Luckett and Farley Architects and Engineers, where she served as the marketing, business development, client management, and strategic director of the firm for 17 years. Belinda began her career as a marketing coordinator and continued to advance within the company until she was an owner, a position she held for nine years. All right, so now I want to give you a quote related to the topic to bring you right into our talk. The quote is from Randeep Huda. Knowledge is power. You can't begin a career, for that matter, even a relationship, unless you know everything there is to know about it. Now it's time for the main segment of our episode, and I'm excited to have Belinda Gates here with me today. Belinda is an executive coach who works primarily in the engineering industry. Belinda, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to have Belinda. I got the chance to see her speak at the National Society of Professional Engineers Conference not long ago down in Atlanta, and she spoke about some of the things that she did in her career that drove advancement, that drove her professional advancement in big ways. And that's certainly one of the reasons that I wanted to have her on the show and things we're going to talk about today. But Belinda, before we do that, even though I already introduced you to our listeners, I want you to just give kind of a a little overview of your career because I know that you were an owner in a firm. Many of our listeners aspire to be an owner in a firm. Maybe you could just give your own kind of summary of your career for the listeners before we jump in. Okay, I'd be happy to do that. I actually started out my career in advertising and had my own ad agency in a big market, but uh, I took a geographical move and that landed me into new opportunities, basically. And I found myself with an opportunity with an architectural engineering firm that sounded very exciting. And it was actually something that I wanted to be a part of and I actually wrote down a goal of mine was to become an owner of that firm one day. Very lofty because I was not an architect or an engineer, but I went in at a marketing and business development level. But I just created opportunities for myself to grow my career, learn all I could about it, move into leadership positions. And in all, I was with that company for 17 years, and nine of those years were at the ownership level. I did retire. Another big goal I had was to retire before I was 50, and I retired at 46 in 2010. But I wanted to continue giving back, especially to that industry, and I went back to school and became an executive coach. And now I work with engineers in consulting firms, manufacturing, and utilities with one-on-one coaching and professional development. And I love it. That's great, Belinda. And I know you spoke a lot about creating opportunities for yourself, driving your own professional development when I heard you speak. And I want to get into that a bit because obviously 
for you, how you started in the marketing side of things, and then you wrote down this goal of becoming an owner in a firm. I'm sure that there was many hours and many things that went into that journey from the beginning to the ownership, but I'm also sure that there are a few things that really stand out that you look back on and say, these were some things that really moved me up the ladder, so to speak, moved me closer to that ownership position. I was wondering if you could share some of those with our listeners. Well, I guess there were a lot of opportunities. Some come to you, but I would say many of them you have to create yourself. And that's being aware and being bold, you know, taking action and actually moving on opportunities and not watching them pass you by. There's one story that people particularly like to hear about, and it has to do with when I was in advertising, but it was a big, bold move of mine that really gave me confidence and propelled me and allowed me to do more bold moves as I moved throughout my career. I used to work with a a large aircraft leasing company in Miami, Florida, and we actually held the largest privately owned fleet of commercial aircraft in the world. We had over 120 Boeings, McDonnell Douglas commercial aircraft, and we leased to airlines and small countries around the world. And I was kind of in a support role with advertising and marketing and always wanted to be a part of the sales process and be a part of negotiating. I just wanted to find a new opportunity for the company. And as I was watching a movie one time, I can't remember what I watched, but there was an airplane in it. And I thought, you know, we have airplanes and they need airplanes in movies. I bet that's a market that we can serve. So I kind of quietly started to advertise to Hollywood and the movie industry and created an opportunity. Like you said, we got a call from Warner Brothers and they were filming a movie called Passenger 57. And one of the big stars in the movie, if you've ever seen it, is an airplane. When I went to our team, our sales team, and suggested, hey, let's lease an aircraft to Warner Brothers for this movie, it was kind of well, we've never done that before. And it was just kind of didn't want to bother with it. I just continued to push it and knew this was a great opportunity. And they said, fine, just go for it. And long story short, we did lease an L-1011 to Warner Brothers for that movie. And it was a big part of it. You know, we had to paint the aircraft and we provided a crew. We actually provided a fuselage that They cut in half and pulled apart and did their inside fighting scenes. They did that on the set. And, you know, I was able to travel with the airplane and meet the crew as with Wesley Snipes and some others. And it was just an exciting opportunity that I would never have had in my career and that that company may not have ever had had they not said, okay, somebody was just thinking outside of what we normally did. And we went for it. And that continued to be a pretty good source of revenue when we had planes available for short term to serve that industry. That's really interesting. I mean, that's amazing that you leased an aircraft to Warner Brothers. But I think that going back and rolling back for a minute, there's a lot of, I think, interesting aspects to that whole transaction. And the first one being the idea that came to you to do that. And maybe you could elaborate on that. You're working and you're obviously trying to advance yourself and help your company grow. What made you think that that would be possible? You heard that it had been done or what was that thought process like? 
I didn't know. And this was, you know, I'm dating myself 20 plus years ago. So I didn't go to Google to find out how this was done. But I just saw a need. And, and this is what I speak about when you're capturing opportunities. And I'm always looking for the value. How can I continue to add value? And going out and doing sales was not part of my job description. I supported the sales team. But I looked beyond and did some research and provided this opportunity. And I speak a lot about engineers and employees looking for the value. How can you continue to add value to your employer and to your clients and to your peers? And looking outside of yourself and looking for those opportunities almost always will come back to benefit you personally and professionally, of course. I think adding value is huge. And I know that that's a big aspect of getting to be an owner in a company for sure. Going back to this, so you thought about it and then you did some research and you had to, I guess on the side, did you do some reaching out to people to see if it was something that would even be feasible? Well, I did advertising. That's what I did. And in those days, a lot of print ads. I found out what the best publications were for that industry. And I think it was Hollywood Reporter, or I can't remember the name of the magazine now, but I just placed some ads and it just, we got some calls. I mean, it really did generate, it worked. It just came down to where there was a real need. So I was filling a gap and offering something. So you had the thought, you advertised, and you kind of cemented that there was a need there. And then like the next thing is you then had to present this to your I guess, management at the time. And how did that go for you? I mean, that was seems like a pretty bold move. It was. And, you know, I was pretty young and I was probably about the only female in the office at the time, which actually parallels with my career in, in engineering. A lot of older, more seasoned, experienced people around me, mostly men. And I'm the one coming in and saying, hey, what if we did this? What if people can get set in their ways? And it's difficult sometimes for others to think about beyond the typical, beyond what they usually do, what we've always done. Of course, people try to get away from that, but that's the comfort area, right? So bringing up a completely new industry to my peers and to my boss, bringing up a completely different type of negotiating opportunity and different contracting just hadn't been done. And I don't know if it was just a matter of they didn't want to mess with it or they were uncomfortable or I don't know what, but for some reason it was just, well, okay, then let's see where that will go kind of thing. But nobody really jumped on it and I had to keep pursuing it. That's great. So you had the idea, you advertised it, you presented it to your management. And then I guess the last part of it would be you actually go, went ahead and, and closed the deal with Warner Brothers, and you said you weren't in sales. So how was that for you? That must have been something completely different because now you're dealing with a big-time company and you're trying to get this deal done. Yes, and the negotiating, and it's one of those, be careful what you wish for, <laughs> because it seemed exciting. That's what I wanted to do, and here I was knee-deep into it now. But I'd have to say it was a collaboration. I mean, I certainly had a lot to learn helping to drive the process. It was definitely a team effort eventually once we got there. But then for them to trust me to, to go with the aircraft and with the crew and 
to just kind of be the person on site responsible was a big thing too. That was great for my confidence. It was great for the company to be able to do that with someone that doesn't normally do that. And I'd say that that was a big stepping stone for me in doing that again and again and again further on in my career. Just to kind of summarize that, because I know this specific mini-series that we're doing with the podcast is really focused around these kind of game-changing, career-changing moves, transitions, opportunities. And if you're a listener and you're thinking about trying to create opportunities like that for yourself, you know, you can see some of these steps that we just talked about that Belinda went through, which is obviously, first of all, you, you've got to have the idea. And if you keep an open mind and you talk to people and you network and you keep yourself out there, I think ideas can come. You've got to test it in some way. It's got to be valuable. You've got to test that there's a need for it or else it's probably not going to fly. You're going to have to pitch it to someone like your boss, your manager at some point. It's not going to be easy, but it's doable, as Belinda has said. And then you're going to have to possibly get involved and take it to completion. So if this is something you want to do, it's completely doable. And I think this is a pretty good framework for doing it. It's just a matter of it's not going to be easy because what's going to happen is this is something I was just reminded of yesterday because I listened to a great podcast episode where Seth Godin was interviewed. And if you don't know Seth, he's dynamite. He's written like 17 books and Lynchpin is one of them. And we'll link to some of his stuff in the show notes for the show. But he talks about something all the time, which is basically, he calls it the resistance, but it's essentially like doubt. So if you come up with an idea like this, number one, you're going to have your own doubts creep up because, I mean, think about it. Belinda's probably thinking to herself, like, I got up trying to lease an airline. You might have doubts. Other people are going to be doubtful of it. And the only way for you to get through it, though, is to kind of follow the steps we just laid out here and push through it. And it is doable. And with that, Belinda, maybe you can talk about, because I know you've also had some big opportunities like this in the engineering side, when you went to the engineering firm that you ultimately became owner of. Is there an opportunity maybe that you could share with us there that was a big opportunity for you that you were able to capitalize on or create? Well, I think a good example would be at the time, I believe I was marketing director or still in, in some sort of role like that. I recognized where I could add the most value with not being on the technical side was in actually bringing in the work and with client management. And I was still in the support role, you know, kind of behind the scenes. I did some presentations and I did a few things here and there, but I really wasn't out knocking on doors and external at that time. And one way that I saw that I could do this shift, but not only for myself, but for the others that were in a leadership position in the firm was for us to kind of change the way we were organized. And I introduced a concept, not a new concept, but new to us, of market leaders. That brought opportunities to the project managers to elevate themselves to not only be over projects, but over an entire market. And then, hey, at the same time, I can insert myself into a market that we weren't already into. I wasn't stepping on toes and I could be in a market that we didn't have much experience in yet and try to grow something new. And that was actually the higher ed market where I had some good relationships. There were good opportunities there with student housing and athletic facilities and chillers and that kind of thing. So as I was able to sell the market leader concept, for the structure of our organization, I kind of created a little niche for myself as well. And everyone 
bought into it and really liked it and it was a proven method in other firms, all of a sudden I become a market leader and I'm out and selling, but now responsible for a lot more. But it really was a game changer in moving me from an inside role to an outside, more valuable role for the company. That's kind of a double bonus there because number one, you came up with this idea to kind of change the leadership structure of the firm and give responsibilities to an individual for a market. And then you took over a new market and developed a new market, which brought obviously new business and revenue into the firm. Is that accurate? Yes. And I would say that was a big catalyst for me being invited into the executive team and later as an owner. I just created more and more value for the firm. And I would say it's not all me. It was definitely a, a collaborative effort. But once you have these ideas, you need to go around and build the consensus of the idea and build the support. So it was several of us that we got together and, and everyone could see the benefit of it for themselves and for the company. That's really what will make a new idea move forward. One question I have for you, again, going back a bit now, is this market leader thing sounds fascinating. And I know that it's commonplace these days in a lot of firms, but what made you think about implementing that in your firm? Was it something that happened? Was it something you were looking at, someone you talked to? I'm just trying to think about how these ideas get generated. I'm not sure if it came out of a conversation. may have even been suggested to us from an outside consultant. I can't remember the origin of it. It's kind of been a while, but I mean, the important part is that we embraced it and we made it happen. And it was a very good move for a lot of people in the company. And that's a good point, actually, because you might be sitting there thinking like, I can't really think of any ideas that would be game changing for me. Well, sometimes you just have to be open and there'll be ideas that come to you, whether it's a recommendation from someone. And then you, it becomes your idea by you championing it and actually getting it done. Because having an idea and implementing one successfully are two different things. And there's a lot of people that have great ideas, but they can't drive them forward for whatever reasons. Like Belinda said, you have to have a consensus of people. You have to know the right steps. It has to provide enough value. There's multiple parts of this. I mean, listen, you don't have to be the one sitting there coming up with the ideas. You can also be the one that's getting them done. And that's a firm's also going to say like, man... Anthony was able to take that idea that we had to get it up and running. And for that, we know that he's very valuable and we need to keep an eye on him or give him a promotion or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. I think people need to look for the gaps. Like think about the fees that you're paying to another consultant, for instance. What could you bring in-house that would add value to your company? One thing we did, we recognized that we were paying other consultants to do commissioning. We've had full MEP with structural civil. We were full engineers as well, but we paid an outside company to do that. Well, when we decided, hey, we'd like to do that, well, we had a, an engineer or two that just jumped on it and said, I'll be the one, you know, I'll be that champion. I'll learn it. I will do that for us. And before you know it, we're in the commissioning business. It's, it's more value to the company. That individual that took it on, was able to grow in his career and, and provide more services and more value to the clients. It can start as a little thing and really grow. It's just having your eyes open and recognizing what would be a great thing for our clients, what would be a great thing for this firm to experiment with. 
there are opportunities out there. You have to look for them, just like Belinda said, look for them and then try to implement them. So Belinda, just to, before we kind of round up and get into our take action today segment, I want to ask you a little bit about the word success. I know you've written a book, Your Successful Life, the playbook for defining and achieving what success means to you. And it is something that I talk about a lot on the podcast. And I guess just to get the ball rolling, how do you define success? That is the question, right? Everyone defines it a little bit differently. For me personally, I had defined success at being able to control my time. And my time was very important to me. I wasn't afraid to give it away and to do whatever it took in my career and for others, but I wanted control of that. I didn't want someone else controlling my calendar or my clock or anything. To get to that point, it was a matter of getting through my career, getting to a point where I could really have some more control and balance and being able to retire certainly added to my ability to control my time. And I feel like I have achieved that. And everything I do is by choice. And I still have time to hike and ride my Harley across the country and spend time with family and friends. The things I really want to do, but I'm very productive as well in working. It's up to everybody to define that. What is that in their mind that means success? It's not really like you have arrived, but it is something to strive for and and to recognize in your own life. It can be small things throughout the day. It doesn't have to be one huge life-changing thing. What would be successful for today to get accomplished? And do you think that this definition of success changes often for people or can change often for people? Like, for example, was it at one time for you, was it becoming an owner and then it became more of your own time. What are your thoughts on that? Sure, things shift. You get thrown a curveball once in a while and before you know it, well, now this is my new priority. So I think as you achieve things, you certainly have to continue to set those new goals, to reevaluate, to make sure you're on track with the overall purpose And yeah, that shifts. There's no doubt. And there could be different levels. There could be the short term and the long term and things you'd like for others, like for your kids. You know, you kind of have those hopes, not that you can totally control it, but there are a lot of different levels for that, certainly. In life and in your career in general, I think it's a good thing to be able to answer the question, what does success mean to you? And if you're listening to this and you're not quite sure, you should brainstorm on it and think about it because, I mean, I would think that for most people, the goal is to be successful. And I say that because successful can mean different things. It doesn't mean that I'm saying that everyone wants to have more money or a big house or a nice car. I think everyone strives towards maybe some definition of success. I think the challenge becomes sometimes is if we don't have a definition of success, then maybe we're not quite sure where we're striving or what we're striving for. And you just get, especially in the engineering world, you can get tangled up into the project by project black hole that you go down and all of a sudden you look up and you did a lot of projects, but you're not quite sure if it was taking you in the direction that you wanted to go. I think it's just something that to think about. And if someone asks you, what does success mean to you? Try to come up with a definition. You try to come up with one now so you can answer it. But really the whole point of it is so that you can answer it for yourself because you don't really need to answer it for someone else. That's the whole key to it. 
So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break and we're going to come back in our Take Action Today segment in a moment where Belinda and I are going to give you kind of one thing that you can do after this episode, since we've talked about big ideas and creating opportunities to put you moving in that direction. All right, now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show where I'm going to talk with Belinda Gates a little bit more about adding value to your firm, which is what's going to make you advance faster. It's going to give you that game changer status. But before I do that, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode. If you're preparing for the civil PE exam, you probably know that the Civil Engineering Reference Manual by Michael Lindeberg is the book to use. Michael Lindeberg is actually the founder and president of PPI, the leader in FE and PE exam prep. PPI has New prep courses available for the civil PE exam that offer complete coverage of not only the morning breath exam, but also your choice of afternoon depth exams. The course presents over 60 hours of new content and walks you through tons of exam-like practice problems. When you enroll in the live online prep course, PPI also includes on-demand lectures for free, so you can start studying while you wait for the course to begin. Through October 2017, PPI will be choosing two of our podcast listeners per month to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you enroll in this course. To enter the raffle, visit ppitopass.com forward slash civil prep. Again, that's www.ppi, the number two, pass forward slash civil prep. From there, you'll need to choose your course and check out. On the checkout page, enter the promo code prep and then complete your enrollment. Again, you need to enter the promo code PREP before completing your enrollment to qualify for the gift card. You'll be notified on the first of the month if you won the $100 gift card. I use PPI for my PE exam prep, so I feel confident in recommending that you check out this prep course. Plus, you could win $100. Good luck. I am back with Belinda Gates. Again, Belinda is an executive coach who works mostly in the engineering industry. And we've talked a lot on this episode about these big opportunities in your career that you create for yourself to propel yourself. It's something that you can look back on your career and say, man, I did that. And that really brought me much closer to my goals, if not to my goals. And so we've talked about this. Belinda's given examples from leasing the airplane to starting a new practice for her engineering firm and a new division. But you're sitting there probably thinking, okay, those are great, and I want to start today. I want to think of something. I want to do something. And I think what we want to just chat about a little bit here is what you spoke about, Belinda, which is finding a gap, filling a need, adding that value. What does someone think about? Like if you're an engineer sitting there and you want to create this opportunity, let's talk a little bit about some of the thoughts that might go through your mind. From my experience in working with engineers for, gosh, probably going on close to 25 years, everybody has an idea. So there is an idea festering somewhere. It's hard to move off the mark to make it a reality, like we've talked about. And a really good way to do that, first of all, everything I've said today, I can't say I did anything just by myself. That's one thing we all have to accept is input from others and the idea of collaboration and working together and finding help. And so first of all, it's talking about it. Find some people, and it could be your friends, it could be your coworkers, it could be a client or a vendor. Go to lunch, just kind of 
float your idea, or if you don't actually have an idea now, you can ask them what's missing. What do they need that they're not getting? How can you fill identifying those gaps? Maybe if you discover what the need is first, then you can create the idea to fill it and how you can contribute to that. But I think the whole idea of just asking your friends to lunch, talking about it a little bit, even talk about it with your family, you know, just to hear yourself talk about it for one thing helps you identify with it more and it becomes more real for you. And the more you talk about it, the more you can define it. And the more you can get out there with other people, the more feedback you're getting, the more encouragement you might be getting, the more confidence you might build in yourself to take action with it. And that's a great recommendation. You can go right to the source. I mean, right, if you're working for a company, the source of their revenue is the clients. Go to the clients and ask them, what service are you missing? What's not getting done for you? Where are you leaving money on the table with your projects? And then take those recommendations, come up with ideas like Belinda mentioned, and then bounce your ideas off of people, people in your firm, friends, family, colleagues, and then run with it. I mean, and that's a great way to do it because if you want to add value for your firm, the value is going to be money coming from clients, most likely. That's one of the biggest sources. And so how do you add more value? You go to the client. So Belinda, thanks so much for spending time here and sharing some of your ideas with us. They've been really, really helpful and enlightening, and I think they're going to help a lot of engineers succeed. Good. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me here today. So Belinda, where can our listeners find you? Where's your website, or I'm assuming you're on LinkedIn, or what's the best place? Just BelindaGates.com is my website. I am on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with people. And I've got information about coaching, speaking, doing wilderness survival and leadership development courses now. There's a lot of fun going on. And uh, I literally work with people nationwide. So I love to travel. And, you know, a lot of the work is on the phone, too. So it's pretty easy to connect. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. You can go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Belinda Gates. Just going to be all lowercase for the link. No space where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and will respond if you leave us one. Until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.